The Financial Services Roundtable and BITS are working to harmonize cybersecurity standards. From the Graham-Leach-Bliley Act to new cybersecurity legislation expected in 2012, what steps should financial services providers be taking now to ensure they're ready for upcoming mandates? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Paul Smoser, President of BITS, the Technology Policy Division of the Financial Services Roundtable, who shares some insights and perspectives about cybersecurity legislation in 2012. Paul, what potential legislation do you see impacting the financial services industry as we embark upon the new year? What do you see happening over the course of the next 12 to 18 months? Tracy, there's certainly been an uptick in activity with regard to cybersecurity legislation on the Hill uh, I think over the next 12 to 18 months, we're likely to see uh, legislation related to information sharing, to updating criminal penalties and law enforcement tools, and probably uh, in particular with regard to critical infrastructure, a clearer definition of uh, what the term critical infrastructure really means. Uh, I think there's a fair amount of traction on the Hill, and there seems to be a growing level of support for those areas in particular uh, to move legislation forward in the 2012 session. And what efforts is BITS initiating from a cybersecurity perspective where potential legislation is concerned? Uh, Tracy, we're doing a number of things. We're, uh, number one, educating our members uh, in terms of the legislation that's being introduced and what subjects it covers in particular. Uh, we're working with our members and with the industry uh, with regard to garnering their opinions of what's been introduced and support uh, as is appropriate for the legislation. Uh, in, in particular, you know, the three areas I mentioned, I think, are areas where there's a high level of support from within the industry. Uh, as well as the area of cybersecurity research. I think uh, we recognize that there are uh, ways that we can improve the research that's being done by a collaboration of government and private industry, and uh, we're certainly supportive of that idea moving forward. Now, data breach notification, of course, is something that remains a concern for legislators as well as the financial industry overall. What steps, Paul, are financial institutions taking in the area of breach notification, and how do you see the legislative and regulatory environment impacting breach notification requirements in the coming year? Well, let me start with what FIs are doing. I think FIs have historically uh, been concerned, certainly, about data breach and about notifying customers where there is an impact uh, to them directly when it comes to a data breach. I think we see an environment today that is very diffused. Uh, most of the data breach legislation that exists today uh, exists at the state level. Uh, so organizations that operate in multiple states or who have customers in multiple states are often subject to many individual pieces of uh, legislation that they have to comply with. Uh, there's certainly at the federal level for financial institutions, the Graham-Leach-Bliley Act and its requirements with regard to data breach uh, that have been implemented by the agencies in the regulatory framework. Uh, so I think as, you know, to, to answer your question generally, there's always been and will continue to be a lot of concern uh, with financial institutions to make sure they're adequately notifying their customers if a breach occurs. 
I think that's part of the whole trust equation that uh, financial institutions recognize. Uh, they have a strong responsibility in. Uh, I think, though, when we look legislatively, we're beginning to see the emergence of the concept of perhaps having a national breach-level uh, notification law. Uh, that law probably based on the best of the best of the state-level uh, legislation that exists today. Uh, and I think uh, we in the financial services industry already to some extent have that from Graham-Leach-Bliley compliance, but we still have the state laws as well. So we're looking at a way that makes sense for the industry to have uh, perhaps less diffusion and more standardization so that uh, customers, regardless of their location, are receiving the same strong notification where uh, that's appropriate. And then beyond the legislation, what steps is BITS taking to help the industry develop cybersecurity best practices? Tracy, we're doing a number of things now. As always, I think we have tried to focus on particularly emerging issues to try and get ahead of the risk question. Uh, as you know, we have recently issued papers with regard to uh, the use of social networking and with cloud computing. Uh, we're currently engaged in work around uh, mobile financial services and the risks and mitigations that relate to uh, the offering of products in that area. And as well, we continue to work on email authentication standards, uh, most recently working with uh, an organization called DMARC that is working on trying to enhance some of the standards in this area to make implementation of email authentication a little bit easier. So uh, we continue to focus on areas of concern to our members, and as I said, primarily emerging areas uh, to try and make sure that the industry as a whole stays ahead of the curve. And before we close, Paul, what advice could you offer institutions that are laying plans now for cybersecurity initiatives, such as some of the emerging technologies that you just talked about and improvements in 2012? If I were to offer a piece of advice, I would say continue doing what I believe everyone in the industry is doing, and that is make sure that you're doing good ongoing threat assessments of the environment. You know, understand the differences that are occurring in terms of threats to the infrastructure, in terms of threats perhaps being introduced by new products or changes to products. Uh, you know, financial institutions do a broad uh, amount of threat assessment in a number of different categories. And it's that threat assessment that really helps them understand uh, where the threats are, where controls need to be, and where they need to invest their dollars going forward. So as they develop their budgets, uh, I think based on good threat assessments, they make wise decisions about where to invest the dollars uh, as appropriate. Paul, I want to thank you again for your time today. You're welcome, Tracy. I appreciate it as always. Again, we've just heard from Paul Smoser of BITS. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.